the suitcase from the van Cause if you want the best But you don't ask questions Then brother, I'm your man Cause where it all comes from is a mystery It's like the changing of the seasons And the tides of the sea But here's the one that's driving me berserk Why do only fools and horses work? La 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 Oh, shut up, you tart. Large penis, and welcome back to a new episode of Only Goats and Horses with Bread Roll and JT. <laughs> oh my God, that's um, an interesting intro, Bread Roll. Um, yeah, hello everyone, we are back again. Um, we've had a couple of weeks off for various reasons, work, life, things, everything's got in the way, but we're back. And we're going to finish off Series 7 this week. So we are looking at the last episode, it's called Three Men, A Woman and a Baby. It aired on the 3rd of February, 1991, so we're pretty much around the anniversary of the time of recording this, it'll take five days. It's obviously a 50-minute episode, as they all are now, and this one had 18.9 million viewers, which I think is probably the most we've had, but I mean, this could well have been the last ever episode, so I guess that's why it pulled in the massive audience. Yeah, not too bad at all there, isn't it? And I wonder... Obviously, we got the specials. This is the last in the actual series, as we've discussed. Um, but we have actually got about 10 specials to come after this. But I wonder back in the day how this was advertised or positioned. You know, it was it, you know, this is the last episode of Only Fools and blah blah blah, and that's why everyone tuned in, or did they all just tune in naturally because it was a bloody good uh series and we've had some good episodes so far. And just a disclaimer, the intro was uh as usual, a tidbit to something that happens at the end of this episode that I've always found a bit strange. I'm not just talking about, you know, a manhood because with the weather the way it is, it certainly ain't impressive right now. <laughs> as Jeremy Clarkson once said, my penis is like a press stud. Again. <laughs> <laughs> always makes me laugh when I see that episode of uh, Top Gear. Um, yeah, I mean, what you said there about this being the last, well, I said about the last episode in the audience. Um, I read that John Sullivan basically from here on in wrote every episode with a proper ending because he never knew whether the BBC were going to say, well, say, right, that's it, it's done, or whether, you know, you get another series, another programme. So we've had some pretty sketchy endings, haven't we, from previous episodes, but from now on in, we get a proper ending every single episode, and that's why, because he was never 100% sure whether he'd be back again. I have um, often wondered that, because obviously after this episode, which we'll discuss uh, momentarily, but obviously going into the specials, like... A few of them are done in sequence, like they become a yearly thing and everyone's are a bit more sporadic in the timeline. I think it covers about a good sort of 10 years, but mm. on and off, um, the specials that we're going to go through. And I always did wonder, like, did he have an agreement with the BBC or was it just kind of like a, you know, on the moment handshake deal? It's like, yeah, you can do an episode of Only Falls for Christmas. Here's your budget, here's your timeline and do that one. And then we'll see if we do another one or if we add like a bunch of them in the bank, but that explains it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know each time they have a special whether they said you can have another one next year or we'll have to wait and see how this one does, you know, how many he was offered at a time. But certainly he always finished them off as if it was going to be the last. Um, a couple of little tidbits as well about this one. Um, obviously, most of the episodes previously have been filmed in London and they moved to Bristol. Um, the birth scenes in this one were filmed at Hillingdon Hospital in Uxbridge. And apparently the crew actually went round the hospital before filming, asking mothers if they would donate their newborn babies to feature in the episode because they didn't <laughs> actually have a baby to, to play Damien. And quite a few mums were like, my, my baby's going to be on Only Fools and Horses? Yeah, go for it. Ha- have him or uh, whatever. So, And um, they made the cast watch a video of a birth 
pretty much before this was filmed because none of them were parents. Even David Jason wasn't a parent at this point. He didn't become a dad until he was in his 60s, which I only found out the other day. So he still wasn't a dad at this point. And um, they made the crew, uh, the cast, watch a video of an actual birth and apparently it turned a few stomachs. And then they literally marched old Chesapeake Jones out and said, there you go, then pretend to give birth and just made a film it there and then pretty much on the spot. And um, she does a pretty bloody good job of it, doesn't she? It's brilliant, yeah. And I think I did know that about David Jason. Um, cause I remember it was in the paper, like he's had his first child. I mean, I can't remember, he's about 80 now, isn't he? Um, yeah. David Jason, yeah, I do remember that um, kind of, of knowing about that. But he does a really good job because obviously we'll discuss it. Well, obviously, he was going for the synopsis as usual. But the bit where obviously he, you know, gets Damien in his arms and the way he's talking about it and everything, it's really genuine. Like it's like mm. he's pouring some proper emotion in there. And usually in these sort of films, when you hear, you know, actors, you know, um, they say they can take these sort of roles because now that they've gotten a bit older and they've got a family and stuff, they can channel that emotion into their performance. But he managed to do a bloody good job, obviously, without having any kids of his own. He bloody did. I mean, obviously, I've had had a child, and when she was born, they were like, "Do you want to cut the umbilical cord?" I was like, "No, you can do it. It's your job." <laughs> and then, and then they were like, "Do you want to hold her?" And it was just like this purple, slimy thing. And I was like, uh, "I suppose I better." <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I certainly wasn't like Del Boy. I mean, I love her to bits. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it wasn't quite like Del Boy. Um, a couple of little dedications as well before we do the uh, synopsis. It would have been uh, Roger Lloyd Pack's seventy ninth birthday today. Bread roll. The day we're recording this, the 8th of February. He would have been 79 today, bless him. Oh, dear. Yeah, bless him indeed. Absolute legend. And uh, obviously sorely missed. Uh, yeah. Indeed, yeah. 69 when he died. No age, is it? Pancreatic cancer. But there we go. And on a brighter note, before we do run through the synopsis, um, Mr. Dan Parkinson, who does do our theme tune, his podcast is now up and running. It's called Stage Fright. Two episodes in. They're very good, actually. Check him out on all the usual streaming platforms and also check out his Instagram, Dan Parkinson. And thank you very much for the theme tune, Dan. We are still trying to get him on. It might happen one day. You never know. Well, the clock's ticking on that one. So he's got either <laughs> 10 episodes to come in or we're going to have to find a special to get him in on. So uh, but he's a busy man and very talented man. So, yeah, definitely uh, thanks for the theme tune. And, of course, uh, to the audience, go and uh, check him out. Rightio. So we have a look at the old synopsis on this last episode, then, Bradwell. Let's do it. Okay, so this one's pulled from the main wiki. Um, it's quite a good one, actually. So Rodney enters the lounge suffering from a hangover. Shock horror. Albert informs him that Raquel is in the late stages of, stages of pregnancy and Delboy will soon become a father. As Rodney and Albert talk about the baby being either a boy or a girl, Raquel enters, soon followed by Del, who is carrying a large cardboard box with its printing on the side reading Crowning Glory, Wigs of Distinction, which he acquired from Mustafa from the Bangladeshi butcher's shop. Dell then reminds Rodney that he's taking Cassandra to Hampton Court that afternoon. In the evening at the Nags Head, there is a contest to guess what the name of Dell and Raquel's baby will be. Dell and Albert enter with plenty of wigs to sell, and Rodney tells them that his day out with Cassandra was humiliating and disastrous because they argued about which way to go in the Hampton Court maze. So I do like the way this opens. It's in the flat again, and Rodney, as I just said there, has got another hangover. It's become a bit of a theme now, hasn't it? It has. I think John Sullivan kind of made his life easy, didn't it? How do I open the episode? Oh, Rodney's going to walk in with a hangover. That's pretty much how most of these episodes of this series have actually um, started. But it is good because he walks in and he sees Uncle Albert and usually just says the first thing, oh my God, and sort of stumbles. <laughs> yeah, and there's a fry-up on the table. Albert sat there, there's a fry-up covered up and Rodney sort of uncovers it and he's like, oh my God, I wonder if that was Dale's and he covered it up. So obviously we know that Raquel doesn't like him having fry-ups, but Albert's not eating it. So I'm assuming it's Dale's and he's left it there. 
Must be, but it's quite strange. I mean, it's probably covered up either to keep it warm or to keep out of Raquel's sight because he's not supposed to be eating fried food, is it? So, I mean, you know, yeah. if I went downstairs and there's a fried breakfast waiting, I wouldn't ask who it was. I'll just eat it. But, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure who it was actually meant for. No. Um, and then Dell, we find out he went to work at 6 a.m. on a Sunday. He's gone down Petticoat Lane to, um, to do some wheeling and dealing. And then um, Rodney basically says, you know, if he'd stayed with Alan, he'd be running the firm in a couple of years' time. But, um, well, he's the one who left. It's his own bloody fault. He's moaned about it. It's like, well, you walked out. No one told you to. Well, Albert kind of did, but he didn't actually force him to, did he? No, he didn't. No, and uh, this bit where Rodney's like going on about like all the bits and pieces, how miserable he is. I mean, it's sad, obviously, because we've all been in that situation. I know I certainly have. Um, where, you know, maybe like a relationship's broken up or like work isn't going well. And, you know, it is horrible being like that and depressed. And it's that sort of writing by John Sullivan and the acting by Lindhurst where he plays it well, but obviously they put the comedy spin on it. So I love the way they sort of says at one point, it goes, if there's such thing as reincarnation, I'm going to come back as me. I know it. And it's just like, <laughs> definitely, you know, being in that sort of situation where like life does feel a bit shit at times. I love that line. I've actually used that quite a few times and I've been feeling a bit down. It's just a great line, isn't it? And then Albert <laughs> says, oh, yeah. Del and Raquel's baby's due soon. And Rodney's like, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. As if he'd fucking forget about that. That's what he's been going on about the last bloody six episodes or whatever. Well, exactly, yeah. And um, they've done a pretty good job of making um, Raquel get larger and larger with obviously her belly bum, hadn't they? It looks quite convincing in this one. Um, and also, what's it, when they're like, you know, when they're talking about names and Albert's like, they were thinking of calling it Rodney. And he's like, Rodney, poor little sod. <laughs> Yeah, and then Raquel comes in, doesn't she? And she's like, oh, I feel exhausted. He's moving about <laughs> he's moving about all night long. And Rodney's like, yeah, he's always like that after a curry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dale comes in with the wigs. And um, he goes, oh, I see the creature from the Black Lagoon has arisen. And Rodney's like, that's no way to talk about Raquel. And I'm thinking, normally, Dale would probably kick off at him, wouldn't he, for bad mouth and Raquel, but he doesn't. Yeah, they just um, kind of gives him that sort of like knowing sort of like nod like all right yeah good one but yeah normally like you say you won't hear a bad word about it will he no and then talking about the fry up actually Dale then asked for a non-vegetarian bacon sandwich suddenly to um obviously <laughs> wind Rodney up we found out he's a vegetarian but Raquel doesn't bat an eyelid or say anything and obviously normally as we just said there with the fry up she kicks off when he wants fried food yeah yeah that's true actually and this is um again where Rodney's doing a bit more of his kind of friend of the earth type vibe which again it does you know consistency I do quite like it with John Sullivan we've had a couple of little slips here and there but the sort of character traits do stick with the characters and I think he does remain like that until obviously the very last episode yeah he does it's weird though isn't it because obviously we get Mother Nature's Son in a couple of weeks time and Dell sort of says about Rodney didn't know anything about uh, you know e, e numbers and stuff until he met Raquel and uh, Cassandra sorry and we're I'm assuming he's become a vegetarian since he met Cassandra, but there's no indication that she is, is there? No, no, you're right, actually. She doesn't sort of like preach about it or like go on about it or anything. So um, I know she doesn't drink that much because she normally orders um, sort of like just uh, tonic water and stuff, doesn't she, when they go to restaurants and things. And he normally goes for the non-alcoholic lager top around when he sort of sobers <laughs> up again, doesn't he? He does. Well, Dale normally buys him one anyway, no matter what he wants. But <laughs> then, if, speaking of lager tops, when it does cut to the nag's head, Trigger trying to get the name of the baby off Rodney for Mike's competition is so good, isn't it? That's brilliant. That's one of my hi- the highlights of this episode for me. <laughs> he's like, you know, go and guess the name of the baby. And it's like, oh, so what are you going to call it? And then Rodney's like, oh, well, if it's a, a girl, they're going to call it Sigourney after an actress. And if it's a boy, they're going to call it Rodney after who? After me. And then when he goes back to fucking um, Mike, it's brilliant. He's like, yeah, if it's a girl, they're going to call it Sigourney after an actress. 
And if it's a boy, they'll call it Rodney after Dave. It's just fucking <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and then Dale comes in, he's got the wigs, hasn't he? And he goes over to the women. He's like, I've got all those wigs for you. They've all got fucking massive hair anyway. I don't know why they'd want a wig. But anyway, he's all excited about having these wigs, hasn't he? Isn't he? And he comes over and Cass has told Rodney it's all over between them. And obviously Rodney's even more down than he was about an hour ago when we saw him. Yeah, but even though it was only like supposed to have been like a little while in that, he managed to go to Hampton Court Met, he's get in there, get lost and come out again, and now he gets to the pub. <laughs> he's done quite a lot, hasn't he? And he's all in his suit and everything. And fucking trigger, just another word on him at the moment. He's got this crazy combo of like a checkered jacket with like a square print shirt. Oh, <laughs> yeah, fucking eyes were yeah. going to go by, by looking at him. <laughs> yeah, he's looking a bit weird, isn't he? And then <laughs> Albert asks Rodney, doesn't he? He's like, oh, when you and Cassandra first met, what was the first attraction? And Rodney's like, uh, I don't know, lust, I guess. Yeah. She struck me as that sort. Yeah. <laughs> Rodney's like, oh, I meant me. And he's like, oh, I was just trying to cheer you up, son. Does his little shuffle, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Bless him. And then we get Trigger come over. Do you find yourself out of the maze, all right? No, I'm still in there, Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Dale says something a bit weird here, actually. Obviously, he's been trying to get uh, Rodney and Cassandra back together throughout this whole series, hasn't he? But then he just sort of goes, oh, cheer up, Rodney. There's plenty more fish in the sea. Almost like he's just given up on them, doesn't he? Yeah, and he also takes a piss, doesn't he? He's like, what's wrong with uh, Dave? Oh, she gave him the elbow in the maze, and he starts laughing. You're in the elbow in the maze, sort of thing. Yeah, and then <laughs> Dell and Trigger tell the story of Trigger's cousin, Cyril, wouldn't it? He owed 500 quid on his mortgage, which in these grand scheme of things is not a lot, really. He'd probably get away with that. But And he drove his cliff, uh, bus to the edge of the cliff at Beachy Head, didn't he? That's a great story, that one. That's brilliant. I love the way it's told and everything. Because at first you don't know it's the bus, do you? And they're like, oh, no. all these people, they'd, you know, try to talk him out of it and had a whip round. It's like, who had the whip round? All the passengers on his bus. And Rodney <laughs> completely drops. And Trigger's just so dead bones. Like, yeah. And then Rodney, he sees those wigs and obviously he's been completely down in the dumps and everything. And the minute he sees the wigs and obviously finds out they're blokes' wigs, which we're going to find out in a minute, he just completely cheers up. It's like someone's just pressed a button and he's like, hey, laughing and joking, isn't he? It's like, if it was that yeah. easy to cheer up, then fuck me, I'll have a bit of that. It is good, isn't it? Because um, De- uh, Albert's like, oh, you see, Dell, you were right. So it did come along with cheering up, and Dell's kind of looking out the corner of his eye like, yeah, but I don't know what. And that's obviously where they find out that the wigs are blokes <laughs> syrups, not lady wigs, as uh, Dell was hoping. But then Trigger's laughing, isn't he? And he's like, what are you laughing at? I don't know. <laughs> he's just fucking laughing, isn't he? He has no idea what's going on. He's just laughing with everyone else. Well, with Rodney, to be fair. It is brilliant, and again, the writing, uh, John Sullivan, because um, obviously just before that bit, like, like uh, Rodney's like properly starting the cracks out of the table, and he goes, oh, "I just never felt so depressed all my life," and he's getting like really kind of like, and because uh, Trigger's like, "I got stuck in the maze once. I went in there with a bird, and we had an argument. She wanted to go left, and I wanted to go right. No, I tell a lie. I wanted to go <laughs> left. She wanted to go right, or something like that, and." Like Rodney's like getting like really like properly upset and Dell, to be fair to him, kind of clocks on. He's like, no, no, you don't, you shouldn't be alone in this sort of time and sort of puts his arm around him and that. That's obviously when they tell the story about the bus, but he recognises that Rodney is genuinely obviously quite down. Yeah, he does. So let's have a look at what happens next then. So back at the flat, Dell is angry because the wigs he bought from Mustafa are men's wigs. One week later, as Rodney and Albert watch an ecological disaster documentary, Della Raquel returned from having attended an antenatal class about the importance of pregnancy. Later that evening, Dale tells Rodney that earlier he bumped into Stephen, Cassandra's former boss at the bank, and the same person who Rodney punched in the Jolly Boys outing. Dale saw Stephen wearing a clip-on ponytail. Raquel enters carrying a baby's name book. Uh, book. The child suggests plenty of names until Rodney flippantly suggests naming the baby Damien. 
to his bewilderment, Della Raquel loved the name. Rodney desperately tries to get them to change their mind and name the baby Derek, leading to the baby's full name, Damien Derek Trotter. Uncle Albert points out that this will make his initials DDT, but Dell and Raquel are content. With Dell remarking, there'll be no flies on him then. Just then, Rodney gets a phone call from Cassandra. So I do like this. Fucking Dell boy's phoned the mosque, isn't he, to have a go at Mustafa for selling him the wigs. And Rodney's like, I can't believe it, he's phoned the mosque. Yeah, it's yeah, brilliant. I do like the bit as well, because obviously Rodney's still in the mood and everything, and he's like doing his friend of the earth speech, and they was like, come on then, tell me what's really wrong. And he goes, well, the world is in collapse, the ice caps are melting, the seas are rising, and I haven't had a bit for months. Yeah, it does. Oh, right, that's what's wrong with you then. And then Raquel comes out, and she's like, what's all the fuss? Rodney ain't had a bit for months. She's yeah. just like, oh, right. She just sort of goes, oh, whatever. And then Raquel's got a great line in this, isn't she? When Dale was moaning about his wigs. He's like, oh, for God's sake, they're men's syrups. And Raquel's like, all right, Dale, all right. Keep your hair on. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking tracksuits a sight to behold as well, isn't it? I mean, I know Dale has worn some suspicious outfits in his time, but his tracksuit looks fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. And then, was it? Um, he phones like, I think it's someone called Gordon, isn't it? He's like, Listen, Gordon, are you still bald? He's trying to sell his <laughs> fucking wits. <laughs> uh, the, the, the one, again, this is another great line. One of those, it's not a throwaway line, but it's just one of those great one-liners from Albert when um they're talking about the anti-natal classes and everything, and they're like, yeah, some of the blokes felt a bit, you know, wonky. I was all right, because I uh, ran a jelly deal stall, and they showed us a video on how it all happens, and Albert's like, well, you got some of them over there. Obviously, me yeah. in the fucking pornos, and I think that's great. I love that line. I've actually got it here. And Dale's like, not those sort of videos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good we get the Jelly Deal store mentioned again. Obviously, Jumbo Mills, isn't it? He had that with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the good old Jumbo. I mean, we only see him once, don't we? But he does get mentioned. He's one of those like ongoing, bit like Monkey Harris and that, like we said before. He just kind of gets those mentions, but never really kind of like materialises that much. No, just the one time, isn't it? Um, and then... Dell's let Raquel go up the stairs on her own, isn't he? He comes in, he's moaning about the antenatal class and everything and talking about watching this video and that. And about a minute later, they realise that Raquel's not with him. They're like, where is Raquel then? Oh, she's going up the stairs. She's, um, she's not as lively on her legs as she used to be. It's like, well, normally Dell fucking dotes on her. So that's really out of character for him, isn't it? Just to let her go up there on her own. It is, yeah. And it's probably just put in there for the comedy value because he's like saying like... Um... I swear it's around the time he's like saying, you know, oh, the best thing a man can do when a, of a pregnant woman is be caring, considerate and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, well, his luck would have it. I am like that. Then they're like, oh, where is Raquel? Oh, she's still coming up the stairs. So it's, I think it's probably done for comedy rally. But like you say, it's a bit out of kilter of how much he loves Raquel. Yeah, also like to- bit- Sorry, Karen. No, I was going to say, he's totally done for the last, but it definitely is a little bit out of character. Absolutely. And also, Dell does one of his like sell schemes because when Rodney's going on about like the seas rising, he goes, good. When we come to sell this flat, we can sell it with a sea view. And Rodney's like, I'm never anything so stupid in my life. <laughs> and then um, Dale was saying he's already sold a couple of wigs, and he? he sold one to a, a guy at the hospital. And at first, I thought maybe that was um, the midwife we see a bit later on, but it's not because it turns out Dale tries to give him one right at the end. Um, but then he says he sold one to Trigger, and I was like, but he's got air. So like, yeah, I know, but he wanted one in case of emergency. <laughs> Trigger buys everything off Dell, doesn't it? Like fucking doorbell was a whole lot of them. Anytime Dell's got something, Trigger will buy it from him. He must have a whole like spare room full of Dell's crap. He must do. And the bit um here that I think again is like it's kind of good acting, but it also makes me annoyed at Rodney. Like Cass rings up, or either he rings her one or the other. I think she rings him. 
and he's a right dick on her to the phone to her yeah. on the phone, isn't he? Like, and I'm just thinking, why are you being such a bell end? And he's like, um, was it? Yeah, I might come round. Well, I might come round when I feel like it. And he hangs up. Then they're like, that's a bit harsh. And he goes, well, I'm not going to go running when she goes calling. Then literally five seconds later, he goes, well, I better go around there, see what she wants, then, and he can walk off. Yeah, and Dale's like, oh, yeah, that's right, son. You kept her waiting long enough. <laughs> <laughs> but just before that little bit there, when Cass does call, Dale's sat there and he's eating more fried food because Albert's going on about stretching all his arteries around the world and veins and stuff. He's reading that thing in a men's health magazine, I think it is. And Dale's eating more fried food. I don't know if Raquel's actually in the room at that point, but I'm sure she must have known he was eating it. Yeah, maybe she's sort of giving up. Maybe because obviously she's pregnant and she gets craving, she's allowing him a bacon sandwich or two. Yeah, maybe. So let's have a look at what actually happens when Rodney goes around to see Cassandra then. So Rodney, secretly sporting one of the clip-on ponytails, heads over to his and Cassandra's flat to see his wife. And Cassandra tells her husband that clip-on ponytails are embarrassing. Upon hearing this, Rodney furtively removes the ponytail. Then Cassandra says she spoke to a solicitor who suggested that she and Rodney try and repair their marriage by raising a pet. Rodney doesn't want to raise a dog since he got bit by Jack Russell as a child. Rodney does not want to raise a cat because he's allergic to fur. So as Rodney prepares to leave, having given up on their reconciliation, Cassandra screams upon seeing the disconnected ponytail on the floor, believing it to be a rat. Rodney seizes the opportunity to save the day and eventually get rid of it, impressing Cassandra. So that's sort of um, a little clip there, but I do like this bit when Rodney's in the flat with her and he's got that fucking ponytail on. I'm not sure how she didn't notice it before he does pull it off. It's quite obvious he's got it on. Yeah, yeah, and it looks fucking ridiculous as well. But one bit here, and <laughs> this is fucking brilliant, because um, I, I made a comment. Um, I was watching it with Rach this episode, and I know it's a fashion back then, but fucking um, Cassandra's wearing the most baggiest blouse. And I sort yeah. of pointed it out to Rach, and fucking, she turned around and said, yeah, fucking out, it looks like a parachute. She's going to invade Normandy <laughs> or something. And I was fucking, I was in stitches. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's, it's a white one, and it with big puffy sleeves, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it is, but it looks just fucking huge, even for the eight or early 90s at this point. But yeah, it's just ridiculous. It is a bit, isn't it? I mean, speaking of parachutes and that, Rodney goes, oh, Nelson Mandela's on amber alert, doesn't he? When Cassandra's yeah. asking sort of what's going on and everything. And he's talking about, obviously, Rodney, uh, sorry, Dale and uh, Raquel were about to give birth and the, what is it, the full moons are aligning and stuff and probably giving it that horror sort of scene. He is, yeah, and that obviously plays a part with the ongoing Damien thing. But um, there's a bit here, and I've always kind of noticed it, but obviously noticed it a bit more now watching it for the sake of the review. Again, it's some brilliant writing by John Sullivan, because we know like he always like he starts something off, and then later in the episode he kind of brings it round again. And back in the pub when Rodney was getting like really angry, he proper like snaps a trigger. He goes, "Me and Cassandra are intelligent people. We don't have an argument out of how to get out of a maze and stuff." And then it actually turns out at this point, and it's quite subtle, isn't it? Um, Cassandra's like, well, I was right, wasn't I? My choice was the easiest way to get out of the maze. And it turns out that all the fucking aggro was just because they're having the same argument that Trigger and his girlfriend had. Yeah, exactly. Because Rodney's like, well, I think you'll find mine. Oh, no. And he sort of gives in, doesn't he? And then she, she says she saw Stephen today. And she's like, well, you're right, Rodney, for calling him a Wally. He's got one of those silly ponytails. Rodney's face just drops, doesn't it? And then he yanks it off. And to be fair, he does a fairly good job. So he's like, ow, and he throws it. And Cassandra's like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got a bit of tennis elbow or something. But he sort of chucks it behind the sofa. And obviously that comes into play in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how those things are supposed to attach. I doubt he would have just been able to clip it on himself and then pull it off like that. I mean, obviously it's just done for the show and everything. But yeah, he just sort of like yanks it off pretty hard, doesn't he? And then they start having a discuss- discussion about getting pets and i think it's one of those like petty conversations they have but it's quite funny because of the chemistry between them 
in the end, they're like, you know, can't get a dog, can't get a cat, can't get gerbils, so we have to get a tin of salmon or something. We can threaten it with a tin opener if it misbehaves. <laughs> yeah, because Rodney goes on about, because at first he thinks um, Cass's on about having a baby, doesn't he? He's like, um, oh, yeah, she said, you know, or he said we need to sort of find something to bring us together. And Rodney's like, what, a baby? She's like, no, a, a pet. I don't think a baby's a good idea or a dog. And Rodney's like, oh, yeah, but I've been bitten by a dog. And he's like, it's all, they're all shit dogs, though, aren't they? No offence. Like Jack Russell, Sausage Dog, Poodle, like dogs that aren't really known for being particularly vicious. I mean, Jacks are a bit feisty, but they're not particularly vicious. Well, yeah, I mean, you probably remember my Jack Russell, Tom. He was pretty useless. Um, bless him. He was a lovely <laughs> dog, but he couldn't do much damage to anyone if he tries. Yeah, I mean, they're a bit, like I say, a bit feisty. Kirsty's got a Jack Cross, and he's a bit of a like handful sometimes, but he's certainly not vicious. But, yeah, and then obviously um, they go on about the tin of salmon, and then... <laughs> Uh, Rodney's like, all right then, fuck it. When they start sort of arguing a little bit, when Cassandra's like, oh, you're just being stupid. Let's, you know, let's just forget it. Rodney's like, all right then, let's get a dog. Let's get a Doberman. Let's let the sod rip my limbs off and drink my blood if that'll make you happy. And that's when they, Cassandra sort of turns on her. Well, anything would make me happy right now and all that. And then Rodney's like, that's all right, I'm off to the nags, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I love the way she kind of mutters that. It's almost like that during the war bit that they all did with Albert a little while ago because it's like, yeah, I'm off to the nags, Ed. And they sort of stop and it's like, Come on, Cass, we need to be more I, I'm serious about this. And that's when she stands up to talk to him and spots the ponytail and thinks it's a rat. She starts screaming though before she's even looked at it, I noticed. She stands up, she's like, ah, ah, and then she turns her head and looks over there. So it's a bit of bad timing there. But I mean, I do like the fact Nick Linders that he plays it quite well, doesn't he? She's like, that's not a mouse, that's the it's a rat. And then the way he's sort of pulling it, and he's got it under his foot and he's sort of going, it's a it's a live one, and he's pulling it around. It is quite good. It is, it is quite convincing. But the one thing that's not convincing is her like screaming, the way she's just standing going, oh, Roddy, all that sort of stuff. It's so fucking terrible. It is pretty bad, isn't it? And then he, he runs off and tends to chuck it out the window. I mean, I'm assuming there is a window there because she, otherwise she'd have turned around and said, well, there's not a window there. But he stuffs it back in his pocket, as we find out in a minute, which is a bit of a stupid move. Why didn't he actually throw it out the window like he said he did? Yeah, but he says he threw it out. He throws it out the window, and he thinks he killed it. But it's like I swear they live on the ground floor, so I'm sure a rat could handle being thrown out a window and just dropping a few feet. I think they do actually. I think you're right. But then um, Castle she runs up to him. She's like, oh Roddy, and hugs him and everything. He's like, it's okay. I'm here. <laughs> He's a bit, <laughs> a bit sleazy the way he does that, isn't it? He's got a little like fucking smirky grin. He always needs to do a boise like I am here. <laughs> he does. So while all this is going on. Uh, back at Nelson Mandela House, Dale discovers that the men's wigs are falling apart and Raquel goes into labour. Cassandra and Rodney are informed and Rodney rushes to the hospital. At the hospital, Dale and Raquel wait in the delivery room while Rodney and Albert wait in the corridor. A group of hospital staff enter the delivery room and they help Dale and Raquel finally give birth to a boy. Albert and Rodney enter the delivery room to meet Dale and Raquel's newborn son, Damien Derek Trotter. Rodney reacts terrified as Damien looks at him as O'Fortuna plays in the background. Dale then takes his son, goes to a window and looks outside into the night sky. Dale tells the spirit of his late mother, Joan, about her first grandchild and tells Damien that he has a loving family and that this time next year there will be millionaires. After the credits, there's a group shot of Dale Boy, Rodney, Raquel, Albert and Damien. And as I said, that could have possibly been the last ever episode, which is why they showed that shot. It's not something they ever did before, is it? No, I think this is the one and only time. I may have seen it in the past, um, but I only properly clocked it this time. So I, I left the credits rolling because I was obviously finishing up my notes and bits and pieces. Then I clocked that little shot and I thought that was really good. But you could tell, like, 
they were trying to hold their smiles so much. Like yeah. Nicholas Lindhurst is there with his big dopey grin, and you can like see his like throat going up and down because he's obviously trying to hold it for him. Yeah, definitely. But the start of this whole sequence there, Albert's like, he's trying starting to tell a story, and he's like, during the war, and Raquel's like, Dale, we better go. And Dale's like, yeah, right, let's go to bed then, come on. She's like, no, no, the labour painter started. And Albert has an absolute meltdown, doesn't he? He's like, the labour painter started, she's having a baby, what are we going to do? He starts going fucking mental, doesn't he? It's fucking funny. It's almost as over the top as like Cassandra's um, screaming in obviously the previous <laughs> scene. But yeah, it's fucking funny because obviously Albert's running around with a fucking bobblehead going in overdrive, isn't he? Like, what are we going to do? Dale's like, <laughs> get, get, sorry now. I just think Dale's like, get my lever overnight bag. All right, Dale. What does it look like? Well, it looks like a fridge, doesn't it? It looks like a bloody bag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. But I do like when it first cuts to this scene, Dale's just sat there and he's got this fucking porcelain dog and he's like brushing the wig on its head and he's like oh no my wig's going bold <laughs> funny yeah then it cuts back to old um rodney and cassandra and they're in bed and like obviously um dell rings to say that um uh, raquel's gone into labor and rodney's like, oh my god son of dell is being born on a full moon and then obviously rodney says tell him i'm not here but rod dell obviously knows straight away he's not there and oh he's there sorry and then when he um He's like, oh, fucking hell, oh, I better go, I suppose. Cassie gets his um, trousers, and that's when she finds the uh, the ponytail. She's like, oh, look, Roddy, it's that rat you killed earlier. Doesn't it look like a clip-on ponytail when you get up close? And Rodney's face is like, oh, shit. But like I said, he should have just lobbed it out the window anyway. Yeah, yeah, I do like that bit with um, obviously showing that Rod and Cass have finally got back together now. Because it's quite, I do like Rodney's um, like uh, comeback as well. Because she's like, I was scared. You took advantage of me advantage of me twice and he goes oh i'm sorry if it goes to court will you say it was three times yeah i do like that it's good isn't it and she <laughs>, laughs as well but then i was thinking he's just said he hadn't had a bit for months so i imagine the first time didn't last too long yeah right well would have been like one and done a quick cigarette after wouldn't it but, um... that's probably why <laughs> he had to do it twice <laughs> <laughs> but then when it obviously cuts to um to Raquel giving birth. I mean, she's properly screaming and going for it, isn't she? But it's really well played by it. It's quite realistic, isn't it? It does. Like, she probably, like, is, like, sweating and looking, like, flustered and all that sort of stuff. Like, I've seen, like, you know, hospital dramas and everything where the birth scenes aren't as fucking convincing. But then you've got Del. He's got a fucking leg up on her, his shoulder, <laughs> and that sort of stuff. It's like, that must have been so fucking random. Like you said, they just sort of threw him in there and got him to film it. But I don't know how you can keep a straight face acting with David Jason because he's probably the sort of actor who just like randomly does stuff and you just got to kind of go with it. Exactly. I mean, there's some great lines as well in this, isn't it? Because Dale keeps running out to Albert and Rodney in the corridor, sort of giving them updates. And then there's one bit where Rodney's like, Dale, have they said anything about the sex? And Dale's like, give her time, Rodney, for God's sake. <laughs> there's there's a bit here, which is, again, obviously a bit of its time and everything because... um. The midwife is a bloke, isn't it? And Dale can't yeah. quite get his head around that. And he's just like, what are you doing in here, you pervert? And all that sort of stuff. And it's like, no, he's the midwife. He's a what? But he's a bloke. <laughs> Raquel's like, I didn't care if he's a trained chimp. Let him do his job. <laughs> and then his wig falls off. And that's when I thought maybe he was the one that Dale had sold one to earlier when he said he sold one to a guy down the hospital. But obviously it wasn't because he tries to give him one after the baby's been born. But this is a bit far-fetched even for Dale. The, the midwife's wig's fallen off. And then Dale's like... I can see his head. He's got a full head of hair. He's got a full <laughs> head of hair. And then the midwife picks up his wig. And it's like, fucking hell, even Dell would have fucking thought that was a baby's head, surely. Yeah. And then we get the classic, like, um, Raquel was kind of like screaming and everything. He's like, go on, Raquel. It's all right. And then she screams again and squeezes his hand. And he's like, ah, he's <laughs> like, screaming out in the hallway. 
<laughs> and then Dale gets on the gas and air, and he's like, oh, "This is bloody good stuff." Better not tell Rodney about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he would be on it, wouldn't he? But um, this is um, this end part of the episode. There's two bits here that I just think are kind of overdone. Like they're funny in their own right, but they get replayed so often in such a short space of time. Um, the first one of which is um, the the Omen music because. Mm. Um, the uh, there's an old for tuner, isn't it? Where he comes out and he tells Rodney, then we get a whole music sort of thing. Is like it zooms in, and that happens like several times in the last sort of five minutes of this episode. And the other bit is um the bit I alluded to at the start with my opening, where like Eli says, "Oh, he's a boy," and everything. He looks down, he goes, "Cool, he ain't going to be afraid to get changed in the showers." Obviously indicating that his son's got a sizable package and he says that again like three or four times he keeps commenting on it i'm thinking it's a funny yeah. thing, but they just really overdo both of them in such a short space of time yeah i thought that particularly with the uh, yeah he won't be afraid to get changed in the showers he says it again to rodney when he comes in and not being funny right or crude or anything but when babies are born their bits are a bit swollen anyway so but that's another story but <laughs> there is another good bit though when he comes running out doesn't he and this is just before damien's born and uh, uh, Rodney and Albert still sat in the corridor and he's like, I can see his head. I can see his head. And Rodney's like, is it normal? He's like, well, of course it's normal. It's just a head. And Rodney's like, there's no numbers on it. And Dale's like, numbers? What do you think this is? A bloody raffle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rodney wasn't... Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, carry on, Bredwell. No, I was going to say, because Rodney's like, um, he went out in the hallway, he likes to shoot off and go back in the back to Cassandra's, doesn't he, and get his leg over again. But Albert's like, no, no, they'll expect you to be here. He'll, you know, He'll want you to be here. So obviously Rodney does relent, but he wants to go back off to Cassandra. That's exactly what I was about to say anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rodney's literally about to bugger off the minute you hear Damien cry, don't you? And he's like, right, that's it. I'm off. And as you say, Albert's like, no, no, Dale wouldn't like it if you went. He's like, well, I could see him in the morning, but obviously he stays. And then Dale comes out and he's like, they've done it. They've only gone and bloody done it. And Rodney's like, is it a boy or a girl? And Dale's like, uh, and he goes running back in. But I'm pretty sure from when my daughter was born, they tell you, oh, you've got a healthy bouncing girl or boy or whatever. I mean, I don't know if they say bouncing. That might be a bit stereotypical. But um, I'm pretty sure they tell you. I mean, we knew anyway. We'd had a scan. We knew it was going to be a girl. But I'm pretty sure they tell you the sex the minute it's born. Yeah, pretty much. Because obviously they want to make sure they're cutting the right cord to start with, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously it's done for comedic effects with the way Dale goes running back in. But um, yeah, because at first he just says, it's a baby, doesn't it? And then he's like, shit. And he goes running back in to find what sex is. Yeah, but I do love David Jason's acting here. He just looks so like Del Boy, that is. You know, he just looks so proud and just happy, doesn't he? He's like all like giggly and that. And he's like, he's a baby. It's my son and all that sort of stuff. And it's really quite touching. And then we get the fucking, the nurse or like whoever it is comes in. She's like, says, oh, do you want a cup of tea? And Del just turns around and goes, oh yeah, I could murder one. Do you want one as well, Raquel? It's just a big fucking <laughs> yeah. Raquel's face just like, oh, for God's sake. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good ending to the episode, isn't it? Which could have been the last ever one. Obviously, we knew there was going to be some specials pretty much. It was never going to end there, but it could have done. And this is probably the last permanent character we get introduced to, isn't it? Damien, obviously he changed his actor throughout the whole next 10 years that he's in it because he has to he grows up um but this is probably the last permanent character we get we get introduced to i would say yeah yeah you're right actually because we've got pretty much everyone in place now haven't we um and like i say yeah we go through a couple of different sort of child actors for damien as he grows up and i've just got to say like another thing towards the end of this episode it's almost a bit of a tearjerker at one point because he takes a moment doesn't he Dell? he walks over to the window and looks up and sort of speaks to his mum and everything and i think the little talk he does to damien like saying you know oh, i'm gonna do my best for you and try and give you all the stuff that I couldn't have. And 
you know, I want you to come home and you can tell me all about it and that. So I want, you know, you to have the life I couldn't have and all that sort of stuff, you know, typical sort of like what every sort of parent would want for their child, really. But he does it in such a really good way. And it's quite a touching moment, I think. Yeah, it's very good, isn't it? And like I say, that that could have been the end of it, but I'm glad it wasn't because we've got some great specials coming up. But yeah, good episode and a um, good end to the series. Yeah, it is. As far as the actual series itself goes, yeah, fantastic ending and um, really well done with lots of comedy moments. And it's kind of nice that we see Raquel, uh, not Raquel, sorry, Cassandra and Rodney get back together as well. Because, again, like we say, Cass hasn't really been in this series that much, although she is still an integral part of the storyline. It is nice that, like, you know, Dell's got his family, Rodney's back with Cass. And it, if it was the last episode, it does kind of give everyone kind of like that sort of happy place moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know if John Sullivan had written all the episodes ahead. I'm assuming he did before, you know, so he knew Rodney and Cass were going to get back together eventually. And um, yeah, it was good to see them uh, actually get back together. Although officially they're not back together, are they? But then officially they never broke up. They were just separated, weren't they? So it's kind of one of those weird things. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit uh, kind of a limbo stage, but they do stay together, thankfully, um, from now on. Spoiler alert, but I'm sure our listeners already know that sort of thing. Indeedy, yeah. Cool. So that pretty much wraps up the uh, our look at this one. Um, let's know your thoughts on this particular episode. You know, do you think was you know should it have ended here? Are you happy that there's more specials? Is there any of the specials coming up that uh, you're particularly fond of? Get in touch at the Hyperbaric Goats on Twitter and let us know because obviously we've got the uh, specials and we're going to go straight into them. We've had to miss a couple of weeks, so this uh, particular series has taken a bit longer than we expected to finish up, but we're just going to go straight into the specials, which I believe start with Miami twice. Am I right in that? I believe you are, Bread Roll. Yes, I hope you are, because um, I'm in agreement with you. <laughs> so if not, we're both wrong. But yeah, I'm pretty sure we are. we'll do Miami twice in two parts as well, because it's quite a long one and it is sort of split into two. So we'll do both parts separately. Yeah, sounds good. So there we are. Got them to look forward to. And to all our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. And this is Bread Roll signing off. And from EJT, I've just got one last thing to say. I've got a good idea, Uncle Rodney. I'll go and buy a load of old crap and you can go and sell it for me because that way, Uncle Rodney, I'll have loads of money and a wide awake suit and you won't have a pot to piss in. <laughs>